Welcome back to another episode of Stories on Tape with Aisha Brian. Zaim is talking about having the fun dual personality between family and the rest of your life that we're all too familiar with. He has grown up in Saudi Arabia and then Dubai and moved to the US when he was 16 and shares with us some of the little nuggets of growing up in so many different places and how it shaped who he is at the age of 23. When I I came to the US when I was 16, all by myself. That's when I first started college. Not because I was smart, uh, it was just a a, a clerical error of me skip being able to skip a grade because of switch curriculums from I British curriculum. I had no curriculum. idea you started college at 16. That should be your fun fact whenever you meet people. <laughs> not necessarily 16 so i started in summer of 2014 and i was still it was still 2 months until my 17th birthday before i had already gotten 6 credits under my belt so oh, that I, counts <laughs> but but that's that's how trusting and independent my parents had made me i came here all by myself uh not at all scared to do it really happy because finally i get to leave home for extended periods of time instead of just the 2 hours of after school classes that I was skipping to read books. Uh but it was a whole continent away and I was excited. I'm like, "Yes, finally I can go wild and rowdy kind of thing, you know?" Um How wild and rowdy did you really go? <laughs> uh let's not go there. <laughs> One would say I might have wasted an opportunity to actually go wild and rowdy and probably just stayed who I was anyways uh if I if I lived with my parents. It's, yeah, no, I I definitely didn't go wild and rowdy but let's keep me happy and say I went wild and rowdy. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> uh but yeah, I, I came to the US as a 16-year-old. I had no phone in my pocket because my cell phone, my SIM card was the one in Dubai. Um I I had no one I knew in the US apart from my uncle who lives in San Francisco, but I came to Pennsylvania and Ali was the first person, Ali Sheikh. He was the first person I I met at Penn State. And uh he he was kind of like my foster father in in Penn State. But you know stuff like uh opening up a bank account. No idea how to, how that happens, but I figured it out. Um paying paying tuition like my parents would just wire me money and then they would trust me enough that I that I tell them the amount that I that I need for tuition mm-hmm. and uh I wouldn't tell them 4 or 5000 more than what was required and Yeah, I never did. You know, it they, it it was there was never an ounce or an ounce of doubt within my parents that I'm going to do something wrong, uh especially since I'm not under their eyes for such extended periods of time. I mean, I feel like we romanticize the idea of, of living a wild life. I think it's sexy to get your stuff together and just being organized and staying on top of what you need to get done. And I think in college, yes, a lot of us have fun, party and whatnot, but we also learn how to take care of ourselves by figuring out how a bank account works, figuring out how you set up your first debit card, your checkbooks, um little things like that i i think hold a lot of ground for example i know you might be able to relate to this because you moved here for college as well i set up my first phone um phone plan and i didn't already have an existing family in the us whose plan i could just get on 
same goes for my insurance when I bought my first car. All of these things you just kind of learn on your own, and I think we don't prioritize how how much we grow from those little mundane tasks. If you look at it from my perspective, I'm I'm coming from a world of all these books that I've read, all these TV shows that I've read. Of I'm coming from a wor- world of someone who's wanted to who wants to experience the the heart wrench, who wants to experience the insane euphoria that's you know described in books. Uh, who who's a, who's a hopeless romantic who wants to basically try to live a life worth writing about. That was that was who I was when I came to the U.S. Uh, I, I I wanted to be able to pack in so many moments of craziness that it's you know the stories of people who uh, die young but they've had a crazy life that really appealed to me. Not not the dying young <laughs> part, but but lots in of general, in a short time, like packed in a short yeah. time part. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that that really appealed to me, and um, for for various reasons, because it was a stark contrast to the the relatively boring upbringing I had, and it it was different to what I had. Right. So anything anything different to what I had was automatically in my mind better than what I had, which in retrospect never the case. Uh, but that's that's who I was when I came to the U.S. It was uh, it, it was like shack, breaking free of of uh, metaphoric shackles even though there were I was never in, in shackles growing up uh, but that's that's who I became because of this whole push for independence on my parents part I pushed even harder to become more and more independent to a point where I just wanted to be alone and, and isolated to figure things out myself to really experience the world to not have any cushion to uh, live on the street so to speak kind of thing and and as a parent, no one would want that for their kid. Why would they want that for their kid? Uh, it it doesn't make any sense at all. If especially if you have the upper hand of experience, why would you let your kid go through the same harsh uh, mistakes that you might have gone through if you if you know the end result? But I, I was always trying to you know struggle to go through the the same mistakes and and to go through the same uh, pain and and learn learn lessons the hard way. Unfortunately, it's the only way I learn my lessons. Um, it's it's the only way those lessons stick with me is is me committing a great blunder and then realizing, yep, never doing that again. Now I know why I'm not going to do that again. So, um, 2017, I would say, was, was probably not only the greatest year of my life, but also the worst year of my life. The, f- the first few months, was it was euphoric. It was adrenaline rush after adrenaline rush. It was happiness that cannot be described. It's exactly what I read in the books. Uh, it's exactly what I'd seen in the, in the movies and the TV shows. It's exactly what one would feel like when you wear your heart on your sleeve kind of thing, you know? Uh, you, all the stuff that you read in poems, all the stuff that you read in, in, in your, from your favorite authors, I was experiencing that and it was crazy. Uh, that, that was pure roller coaster. I wouldn't be too uh, short excited by saying I would probably never experience that kind of happiness again because it was it was just crazy levels of, of euphoria and, and motivation and you know everything was suddenly right with the world I truly was wearing rose-tinted glasses and the view was amazing but when you reach certain highs of a euphoric feeling of, of happiness there's nowhere else to come but down 
and 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 the crash was pretty hard because the climb was pretty tall so I, i'm not able to d- give enough justice to the the pain and, and sorrow that i felt come uh, the end of spring semester of 2017 uh it, it was a culmination of of people moving on in their lives it was a culmination of uh, a chapter ending it was a culmination of going back to my parents it was it was a culmination of uh, so many things you know maybe i would even say maybe a bad semester academically so all of that uh i i got to a pretty very very low point in my life um luckily my upbringing and and um my, the way the the thoughts that were in my head as i grew up because of because of my parents really really saved me um which which, which i can never be thankful enough to them for that and they probably would never know cuz I'm too embarrassed to tell them that. You should. Um you should. <laughs> it should be on your bucket yeah. list. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> it, it it was bad. It was it was to give you a very small idea without going without making this too sad. It it was uh, as bad as sitting on the floor in the middle of the night cross-legged just staring up at the sky, tears streaming down. You know, and not saying a thing, you know, just silent and then wiping wiping up my face and then going back to bed rinse repeat for a week kind of thing it was it was that bad compared to being able to wake up without an alarm being able to uh, it was literally i i was literally at a point at the beginning of the semester where i wake up at 8 a.m. and i come back and sleep at 1 a.m. and everything was on point in terms of academics life family friends perfect you know things were figured out in my mind uh in the early parts of 2017 but after the crash the, the 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 pain that i felt was was something i did not want to share with anyone uh maybe maybe one person but uh something i did not want to share with anyone because of the way i was brought up unfortunately and maybe this is a hot take neither my parents nor i have ever told each other in words in the in these exact words that we love each other you know it's it's never been said it's always been understood it's always been uh through actions uh, your parents are scolding you because they love you and you made a stupid mistake so they're scolding you uh your parents are mad at you for doing something wrong because they love you you know that was that was the uh that was what i took from being scolded being uh, shouted at and what not Similarly if I did something good for my parents uh maybe as a kid doing the chores or buying my parents gifts or you know actually doing well in school I I literally any time I did well in school it was only for my parents I couldn't care less about my grades at all so if I if if I was a top 5 student in my class it was only for the, for my parents um so that was my way of you know reciprocating the so-called the not so called the love that i felt for them and the love that they felt for me so it's there's never been an a drop of vulnerability among my family among my my mom and my dad and myself uh, there's never been a drop of uh, emotion of getting your walls down of not being stoic of not uh having things figured out it was always um whatever happens we'll deal with it we adapt we survive we're good at this uh we're a great family we have great ideals nothing to worry about strong 
uh, strong ideals, strong foundation, that kind of thing. You know, there was never any room for not being perfect kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure my parents, my dad on his own is very emotional and he might break down when no one's around similarly with my mom, but definitely with in the presence of anyone, no, that's, that part's way, way hidden far in the back. So that's, that's why I, I felt like I needed to do the same thing. Uh, and that's why I thought that my parents would not understand what I was going through. Because uh, how, can, how can mental, uh, emotional pain manifest into physical pain when, you're, when you've not broken your bones, when, you've, when you're eating properly, you're not sick, you, know, you don't have a virus, but you still have some sort of physical pain around your body. Your stomach hurts for no reason. Why? I lost 15 pounds that summer without moving a muscle. It was amazing. That was the only pro, that that was the only pro that came out of that year. You know, I, I I got to buy myself new clothes. It was great. That that was literally uh, look. I just had a, a blessing. huge mental breakdown, but at least I lost fifteen pounds. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to take the shortcut to weight loss, right? I mean, especially and, and freshman that was... year, with the freshman fifteen, <laughs> you basically had the reverse effect. Exactly. Yeah, and. Funnily enough, my family members noticed this. They were like, hey, you've lost weight. Are you, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. It's, I don't know how it's happening. You know, by God's grace was the, was the reply to everyone. Uh, but, I, but I knew, I, I knew why it was happening. And, and part of me was grateful that that was one of the outcomes of what I was experiencing. The other part was thinking, man, I don't wish this. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy kind of thing. Um, but to give an idea, it, every time I would go down to sit at the table uh, for dinner uh, and, and be in front of my parents or grandparents, it was very, um, it, we would talk about stuff like politics, uh, geopolitics, oh, why is this happening in so-and-so country, and you know, serious stuff that you talk about when you yourself have nothing to worry about in your personal life, and I, I had to juggle thinking about that, contributing to those conversations because I love talking about politics, while wearing this whole facade of uh, personal life is going well. Right. Um, and it, it was, uh, it got to a point where I was, I've never had to test the strength of my mask wearing capabilities, but it got to a very, very, uh, it basically got close to the edge of the cliff where I almost put the mask down and, and my parents almost caught on and I immediately had to go back to the room, uh, take a moment, adjust the mask and then go back down. You know, that's, that's, that's basically what that whole summer of 2017 was. Uh, it, it, it was pretty, it, it's pretty tiring uh, and, and that's where I would say the, the split of personality happened for me. It was uh, a sharp split. You would, you would say the, literally in front of my parents, I was this, I became this person numb to emotion in terms of always being neutral, not being too happy, not being too sad, um, not being too excited, not clapping with joy and whatnot, but smiling, noticing something nice happened. And also when something bad happened, understanding bad things happen in life and you got to move on kind of thing. Whereas uh, I was experiencing the extremes of both. So it was... Uh, it really uh, brought to light how weak I was and how strong I was at the same time. Uh, strong at living a lie, weak at 
going through all this stuff was my thought, right? You always think that uh, the fact that you're going through all this pain is because you're weak, but not that's not the case, but that's what you think when you're in the moment. So, it, it, it was, I don't know, I, I, it, it, to, to put it into a sentence, it was, oh man, I, I don't even know what to say. It, apart from it being very trying, uh, it, it got to a point where I did not want to be with my parents because I had to work so hard to be in front of them. Right. Um, and it. I, I, I thought that all I had to be in front of them was this person who had, who had things figured out, uh, who was responsible, who was living a boring life. Even now, my parents think I've had a very boring life, um, not done something, not done anything crazy, you know, literally stayed on that straight and narrow path, just far, far from the truth. Uh, but they have this whole perception of who I am. Uh, they don't know... Uh, Things like I, I love to sing and dance when no one's listening and hearing, when no one's listening and watching. I love to, uh, uh, you, you know, um, play instruments that I don't know how to play. I love to explore places uh, in the middle of the night, you know, take a road trip at 3 a.m. just because at 2.55 a.m. I decided I was bored being at home. You know, stuff like that, that's... that's it, the impulsiveness and the adventurousness that makes life what it is, that's something that my parents think I don't have. Uh, and it's not they, not... they don't think down upon those kind of qualities, but they just think my son does not have this kind of thing. Uh, it's... So that, that kind of makes me sad that they never knew... They, ne- they never knew who I really was. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever know who I really am basically, because of how far gone things are, in my mind at least, um, it's, it's, it's difficult to describe. Even now, I try to, unfortunately, avoid interacting with my parents, and because of how easy it is to be by myself, it's a lot more work to be, uh, to interact with my family. So I try to avoid interacting with the family at all, which is, which which is not their fault <laughs> so yeah so what's current day like what how do you feel now having lived those experiences and after 2017 and after realizing that you do put on a mask when you're with your family versus without has thing have things changed since then or is is that the reality of the current situation that's the reality that gets stronger by the day. Um, that's the reality that's... Uh, I don't know if it'll stay that way. And I and it, if it stays that way, it's probably because I'm too lazy to put in the effort to change it. And it's obviously the easy way, easier way out to, and I mean, to not change it. Are you happy with the way things are right now? Like, have you grown accustomed or comfortable with how you have this all set up? I wouldn't say happy, but definitely in the comfort zone. Yeah. That's that's how I would describe it. Again, it all comes down to the lack of effort required on my part to leave things the way they are. Um, that's that's what appeals to convenience, right? Convenience is, it can be 
uh, anyone's downfall and it's it's what it, it certainly is the downfall in, in this respect for this scenario I'd, I'd rather not explain to my parents what I went through I'd rather not go through all that I don't mind living it uh, because it it gives me an insight to my mind I, I don't mind going through all of that uh, uh, moment by moment to understand why things happened the way they did for my own satisfaction because like I said I, I, I want to understand why the mind works the way it does but definitely not to let my parents know that hey uh, by the way while you were sleeping all this happened kind of thing um, it's it, to a certain extent it's, it's kind of sad that they'll never know that they, their son uh, has all this kind of stuff uh, but for me, I'd, right now, I'd rather keep it that way than have to hash out all the things that I went through and why I went through it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's more so a taint on me than, than them, obviously, because I'm choosing to leave things the way they are. They obviously are uh, unaware of things. So, What would you like to share with anyone listening? Like, why did you feel called to share this with someone today? Uh... Mainly because I wanted it to be an example of what not to do when when things go bad and what not to and, and what not to do if you think things can never change. Um, it's it's very easy to stay in the same lane versus uh, take an exit and fi- and figure out a different way to get to where you'd want to go. It's, it's very easy to hope that the path leads you at the end of the day to where you want to go without trying to carve out your own path. And, and I'd rather, uh, and, and I'm, I'm re- literally regurgitating advice that obviously one or two of my friends who I've shared all this with have told me that if you want things to change and if you want things to, to become better than what they are right now, and you know they're not as good, if you want it to become better, then you know what needs to be done. And yes, I do know what needs to be done. I just don't want to do it right now. Maybe that might change as I become even more mature. I don't know. But for the foreseeable future, it's the conversations are only going to be about what did I have for food? What's the weather like? Oh my God, the political climate is horrible. Is everything okay with you? Yes, it is. And then goodbye, uh, good night. That's, that's all the conversation will be about. Unfortunately. But if it's any comfort to mm-hmm. you, that used to be 99% of my conversations with my dad until I took control and decided to share more about my life with him. And nowadays the conversations are him just listening to me and maybe being confused as hell. <laughs> um, but I, I just go on and I tell him whatever I feel like sharing and whatever he gets, he gets. Whatever he doesn't, we just ignore. <laughs> um, that's, that's yeah, great. I, mean, I, I started treating him like my personal journal. So I'm like, you, <laughs> you gave birth to me. Might as well like understand what I'm doing in my life, <laughs> living. Right. But yeah, I, just, I wanted to share that. And I mean, not to say what you should do or anything, but I just wanted to share another perspective of what happens when you do tell them or you do make that effort and i am much happier now than i was before even if it doesn't lead us to having a lot more animated conversations or anything it's not like he's like contributing as much as i am but he will still listen and give me 
like little bits of feedback. <laughs> um, and right. I just feel like it's a lot less robotic of a relationship at this point. But anyway, sure. I also, I know we're way over time, but I did want to hear why this month was hard for you. Do you want me to stop recording? Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Up to you, you I don't, don't mind. mind. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Let, let me keep it on just in case. <laughs> okay. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's kind of weird in, in the sense that you'd never think these things would happen to you quite so quickly, especially in succession. Uh, but I, I, I love cats, I love dogs, but I, I love cats mainly because of how low maintenance they are. Which is which is why I got a cat. I adopted a cat back in July, um, and her name's Cupcake. She's two and a half years. I didn't name her. That's that was her shelter name. For for naming your cat. But yeah, she's a, a little less than nine and a half pound uh, black sm- small baby cat, um, and and she's great, uh, very playful and whatnot. Um, but she died, uh, a, yeah, on, on, I think on 30th November, right after Thanksgiving break. And it was, it was weird, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I mean, I only had her for less than six months. Um, so I wouldn't say I was maybe, maybe I should be grateful that I wasn't able to build such a strong connection to someone that I was going to lose anyways. Uh, but it, it was it was pretty pretty bad and she, she was hit by a car um when i when i took her out and i do blame myself the logical part of me doesn't blame myself obviously but you know how the human works so uh it, it was just weird the first week was after her her death was pretty pretty weird in the sense that every time i would come back home from work the first thing you know i'd say hi cupcake and then as soon as you open the door you know that's the first thing i would say every time i would come back home from work and th- that obviously I did not say the the Tuesday that I went into work after I came back in, and it was it was weird. I I just didn't want to stay at home for for that first week. I I tried to stay at work as long as possible, and then come back home, cook, clean, sleep, and then go back out again. the The reason I bring up the fact that I didn't have her for too long was because I, I recovered from it pretty fairly quickly it was after after a few days it was I just got over it um, the, the, the issue is I still have all her stuff you know all her toys all the bags that I because I, I, I wanted her to come along with me when I went for hikes and whatnot that's that's what I wanted but um, I, I still have, have all that stuff so that obviously didn't help the first week but cut to a week after she died I got into a car accident what? and <laughs> the theme of your life is like... <laughs> it's it's okay? uh, yeah 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 no no injuries at all to anyone involved it was four cars were involved it's, we were all just sitting at a red light and this guy was running from the cops he hit my car hit the car in front of him hit the car in front of that car and whatnot so oh, it was it's just been weird in that sense. I'm like, you can't write this, you can't make this stuff up, right? So... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, are you also considering maybe getting or adopting another cat from the rescue? Or is it too hard right now? I wouldn't say it's too hard. It's uh, he, he, So here's a thought that went to my head 
as soon as as soon as she died it was like wow you can't even take care of a cat you know that's the first thought that comes to that came to my mind and then the second thought was damn now i got to tell my parents that my cat died on me and they're going to be disappointed you know even though that's neither of the case those were the thoughts that came to my mind which is why uh i i i think i'm taking the easy way out by saying i'm never going to adopt again because uh it's i i gave myself that one chance and i failed so i'm like i failed i don't deserve the chance anymore in my mind uh, i know that's not the right way to think cats are filling up shelters and they all need a home and what not and maybe that's me being selfish by not choosing to adopt another cat but for sure for me right now it's it's just like you've you you killed a cat so you're not going to get any get one anymore kind of thing i wouldn't say it's selfish of you to not want to get a cat but i'd also say it's obviously not your fault and i know you already know that these things happen right. um it's unfortunate but it happens on a lighter note i have killed over 3 fishes in my lifetime or three fish i guess <laughs> yeah i've killed three fish in my lifetime and um <laughs> i still keep getting them and i feel really bad i think i overfeed them every time and i don't learn from it <laughs> and i know a lot of people don't consider plants as pets but i do and i have also killed every single mm-hmm. plant i've ever owned up until this year and i've decided <laughs> after killing a bamboo 2 years ago which honestly a lot of people were shocked and didn't even know that you could kill bamboos i started i i decided to go something with even lower maintenance so now i have an aloe plant sitting in my kitchen yep aloe plant <laughs> i was like, just going to say yeah. this one honestly will be kind of sad but it's already really sad <laughs> but if you come into my house it's filled with fake plants so i've i found a workaround <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not over the fact that you that you literally said and these are your words on a lighter note I killed that that, that that was literally your 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 choice of words after saying on a lighter note <laughs> Well I my brain does not make those associations my words just come out but on an actual lighter note I did have one more fish that didn't die in in my care <laughs> and i decided the only way to keep it alive would be if i gave it to someone else and and is it still I, alive i haven't checked in with the guy but in in a while but i hope so so i used to do my laundry at this laundry mat like a 10 minute walk away from my house a couple of years ago before i had a washer in it and he had this little aquarium tank with all these random fish and right after so i had a pair of fish and right after the first one passed away i literally put the second one in a little tank and i walked it over to the laundry mat and i was like can you please take care of this cuz clearly i can't <laughs> and he was so confused and he's like where are you from <laughs> and i was like mother fish i definitely judged the entire country um and I was like, well, all right, right, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll come check in on it a couple times a month or something. Uh that didn't end up happening cuz I left and I never went back. 
uh, to that city after I moved away from that city. So that's a different story. But uh -huh. I, I think he is alive and well. His name was Caviar. <laughs> Caviar? The other one's name was Pug. Yeah, my roommate's Pug. listening to this. <laughs> miss you. But yeah, my roommate and I decided to name them really random things. <laughs> I don't know if caviar is insensitive, but also who names a, a who names a fish a dog? A dog. A dog. <laughs> um, we think it was cute, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, both the pets that I've lived with or had were named after baked goods. So cupcake and there's a streak going there. Muffin. Oh, cute though. I like that. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll adopt the practice of saying hi, cupcake, in the future when you're seeing, like, we're coming home from work and seeing your partner for the first time in that day. Like, hi, cupcake. <laughs> if it doesn't trigger you, like, uh, send you into a depressive <laughs> episode. <laughs> Funnily enough, I used to call cupcake muffin the first week. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I see a pattern there. Well, don't become. A scary person. <laughs> don't be sad. Don't don't feel like you can't adopt another cat because I know you can. Um, I don't think, but thank you so much for spending your evening with me and talking through some of the very vulnerable things in your life. I know these things are not easy to talk about, so I appreciate you opening up and being open to the idea that someone might listen to you and learn something from it. much for listening to another episode of stories on tape i hope this was something you could learn from and i know this was a vulnerable episode for a lot it could be intense but one that you could maybe relate with i know i could um, but a lot of it is about what we do with the knowledge and not just take it this knowledge and let it sit as zayin said this is about not falling into the same holding pattern that life puts you in. Step out of it, take control of your relationships with your family, friends, work, and make of it what you want. So in your old age, as you're sitting on the porch and watching the sunset, you can look back at your life and have no regrets. 